Okay, this is going to be, this is week eight, and this is forgiveness. So last week was fear of rejection, which goes perfectly into this topic. So like I was saying before that the last three weeks were like the deliverance weeks on the, um, the Living in Freedom curriculum. But why I actually purposely put these topics like this, so... I wanted to, like, empower people. I wanted people to, like, go into it, like, with an expectation of wanting to experience God's love, the, the week one. Then to go into it with um, understanding the mindsets, the crippled mindsets when it comes to hope and expectation, which is week two. Then I go with, into the empowerment, the praise, the mouth, the identity, your authority. Because we need a foundation to walk into these things. If you don't have the foundation over here, you can't go over here. It's just, and also, like, if you don't have forgiveness dealt with, you ain't going to get fully delivered. I'm like, that's one of the biggest things. You're always going to hear this in, like, you know, and not even just deliverance, just be normal. Like, just to have any type of freedom. Like, you have to address this area just like any of the other areas. But, like, uh, unforgiveness and pride are like the main root of taking people into an encounter. So if I want somebody, if I'm trying to lead somebody into experiencing the power of God, right, which is what I would say, I don't really care to take them into deliverance like I used to be. I used to be deliverance, deliverance, deliverance. And I think that ministry, the name has gotten so twisted to people, and I'm trying to teach it differently to people to have an understanding that the church is to be a delivered church. It's just the mind that we're supposed to have. The mind of Christ is a delivered mind. It is a free mind. So when we look at deliverance as freedom instead of a demon hunter, but what happens is to get to freedom, you have to deal with darkness. And to uproot darkness, you have to go through truth. You got to know truth to get the dark out. So I would always find that people, if they had a, um, a thing of entering into an encounter, the biggest route that had to be uprooted immediately is going to be either a confession and submitting of pride or unforgiveness and offense. Now, when I look at unforgiveness, this is the way I've always looked at it and wanted to teach it from my own life. There was forgiveness towards myself. There was forgiveness towards others. And then there was offense that I carried at God. I could never in my life teach on a topic of forgiveness that doesn't deal with the offense that people hold towards God. And I have heard people say like, oh, I remember hearing this um, in one of the small groups when there was a small group going through a video series of Living in Freedom. And one of the leaders told me that, that one of the ladies said this in the small group. This is how I vent. I vent on stage. I'm venting right now just so people know I'm venting about what happened in a small group. Uh, <laughs> this is how I get back at people. I'm just kidding. Like, don't do anything to me. I have a camera and I have a mic. So uh, I'll get you back. So this chick said, the, the, heard one of my first, like, messages. And she said, she goes into the small group and she said, um, she said, I, I can't even believe she said she was angry at God. Like, who gets, I've never been angry at God and blah, blah, blah. And I was like, well, first of all, I said I'm coming next week <laughs> to the chick, to the leader. And then I was like, okay, Sarah needs to control herself. I'm not going to show up. I don't need to have a conversation and defend myself, whatever it was. But I believe that there is such a religious mindset that are on people that won't admit that there is a fence that gets carried towards the character of God. And it wraps up in scripture and religion. Man, I see it all over the place. But what we do is we wrap it up in God God meant it all for, for my good. Like, no, that is a true scripture. But I promise you, you got a fence wrapped up in the bad that's supposed to be turned to good. 
That's what I did, man. My whole life I was like, no, I know that God, he's using my story for good. He's going to use it. He's going to restore it. He's going to, he's going, there's recompense. Man, me just getting to a place of believing that and standing in that and saying, I know he's going to restore. I know there's going to be recompense on my story. And God, uh, God, we, he, you know, he turns all, all evil for good. What, there, it, there's one in Genesis, and then I believe it's in Romans 8 that talks about that, that God will bring good out of every single thing that you go through. And yet I do think that there's an element of me that took that but twisted it in my soul that God did the bad to make the good. How do you think that if we believe that God did that, if you ever got to the deep-rooted mindsets that you believe about God, but you wrapped up in a pretty little bow of scripture and doctrine and that you made acceptable. And if you unwrap that package, that there just might be a snake in it, a snake of, def- of offense towards who he is, his character. How can we really, really, really navigate the mindset that goes into the bad things that happen in our life if we go into a mindset that God did it for my good? I'm not telling, here's what I'm saying. I'm not actually bringing this up so that people get like you uproot this doctrine that God does, God did bad things for you or them. No, I want people to navigate in what they believe, how they believe it, and what's the root of the belief. Does that make sense? Like, because these scriptures are true and there is crushings and there are sufferings and there are things that God will walk with you hand in hand and there is pain. Did he deliver the pain? No, I don't believe he delivers. He's not, he is not capable of delivering evil. He is not. He doesn't have it in his character. He is capable of holding our hand through pain. But what happens is we feel that God could be the one that drug us into the pain. And as much as we want to think and believe that there isn't that possibility that that's a rooted mindset in doctrine and scripture, when you unlayer your mind, I promise you it's there. How did I find how triggered I was in this belief system of God? Is that when things happened when I was walking in freedom that would trigger that I believed God pulled the rug out from under me in my life and that everything always happened the opposite of what I thought and the opposite of good and the opposite of what normal people got. I always had the pain. So if anything that triggered hopelessness, fear, or pain could have been the smallest thing, I want to tell you how hard it was for me to start this ministry because of this trigger. I was tormented on just the idea that I would get a nonprofit. Like I was like on the edge of my seat with anxiety and anxiety because in my head, nothing worked. And although this ministry rolled out in front of me, I mean, God, like, I did not try to start a ministry. I didn't, like, God literally, I mean, it's stupid in my stories of testimonies of how this happened, this, test, this ministry. It did not happen from Sarah. Like, he literally laid it like this. It came to me like that. Yet in him just handing me something, I would, tormented, tormented with it. Because I never saw God that he did just hand me something easy. Everything that I thought got handed to me, I was a little girl running and jumping, trying to get it, trying to get it, but I could never get it. I could never attain it. My life never attained the normal things. So when something good came, oh, it created so much crazy torment in me. What I started seeing happening is that God would actually bring me things, but he would do it in a way that he had to spread it out 
because I actually believe that everything you got had to have a war on it. You had to have pain to ever get anything good. So my mindset, and I still teach an element of war on, on the promise, but he, here's where I got the enemy twisted that on me so bad, is that I had never, ever got anything normal in my life, ever. The first normal thing I got was this ministry that I felt was like, like an easy, an ease to me. Everything else was like literally birthing triplets <laughs> to live life, okay? Like, not easy. Not, didn't matter what it was. It was hard. All of it was hard. This was the first thing, and it created such a torment in me. It was showing me. Like, you can't just hand you something easy because this mindset of who I am, you can't see me fully. What did it do? It spun up in me all the ways that I created God's character around Scripture. That deep down, no matter how long I've gone after this, this root system of unforgiveness, of offense, that actually I believed I had gotten so free of the offense towards God, but actually all I had done is boxed it in and accepting what I believed he did. Does that make sense? A lot of people, man, you've just become accepting to certain things in your life, believing that there isn't an element where you may feel rejected by God, hurt by him, left by him, not seen by him. And when that stuff, it won't come up until the trigger happens. It will not come up until something happens that the mind doesn't go right. It's like what I was talking about with the fear of rejection, man. This stuff comes in layers of what we believe and what we think in our mind. And the offense that I carried in God's character was so crazy deep that even as I got free, and I was doing ministry, I was preaching on this stuff, I was teaching on this stuff. Yet when a good thing would feel like it was coming, I would poop my pants. <laughs> oh, God, okay, sorry. Sometimes stuff just comes to me, and I don't know why. I would just freaking lose it. Like, I would lose it. Like, I don't know what. I, I couldn't even sit under it because the fear would come in. I would be so afraid, like afraid of what it was, and I couldn't figure out why did I have this fear because in the back of my head, I felt like he, God was somehow going to take it or it wasn't going to get to me or I, I couldn't get something good, and I actually would rather have not had good things because the torment of a good thing was way harder than living in a hard life. Because the fear of the loss was way worse than just accepting the war that I had already lived in. When the mind gets to the place to understanding that the way that we actually see God, because we use scripture, because we go to church, because we believe we have intimacy or we have relationship or we can live this certain way, you're not going to actually understand the way that you see him until this stuff gets triggered and poked at. And I was like, there's still this thing, God? I've just accepted it. I've just become accepting to my life. I've become, because I can teach on it, because I can get people delivered, because I've been set free from bipolar, from drug addiction. I, I've gotten to this part of it. Just because you have freedom over here, just because you're good over here, doesn't mean you've made it. We, the church, have not made it. If we are not running after these things every day, man, the, 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 the seed of unforgiveness, I seriously believe it's something that has to be like hit with a bat daily. When it comes to like crazy, crazy unforgiveness, now, that's just with God. Let me talk about people. Oh, the stupid people <laughs> that do stupid crap to us. Let's just talk about that. Like, I'm sorry, but there is some offense that is legit wrong, and you have been hurt. You have been like, man, this, it is not okay. It's not okay what's been done to you. What do you do with that? What do you do with that? Because that's the type of offense that, 
Man, you could hear teaching on all day long. You got to forgive them. You have unforgiveness. Pray for your enemy. I want to take a bat to my enemy. How do you do that? How do you pray for somebody? Like, I remember, oh, my gosh, I was preaching, teaching on this always about the guy who stalked me. And, like, what it was to have fire on me after a man who tried to, like, ruin my life. Like, after I'd already lost my mom, my sister, and I think this guy is going to treat me well. This guy was out to ruin my life. And the offense I held towards this man that would look, look at me and not care for me and do everything to ruin my life when I'd already had, like, a bad life. The anger I felt in my, in my soul that he made me leave my family and me leave the state for five years. Like, if I can explain to you the fire that was on me that I had to disappear that the cops couldn't even help me anymore. Like, that fire every day, I, well, like, Jesus' promise, I, I thought he told me he was going to kill him. And I totally believed it. I even journaled it. I was like, Jesus told me today that he was going to kill this guy. And I was like, that's my promise. And then I realized that was not Jesus' voice, and that's not what I heard. But I had convinced myself, I was like, God's judgment's just going to strike him down one day, and he's going to be dead. That was, that was not how it was. God had to take me through a journey of what, what that looked like to forgive someone like that. But I want to tell you, I believe there was a time that he said, you can release and you don't, don't pray right now. Because I tried, any time I learned a tool, I took a bat with my tool. Like, if I heard that I could get free of forgiveness by prayer, you better believe, like, I'm going to do everything I can to get rid of this seed that was in me, this torment, this anger, this thing. So I wanted to do everything to get free. So I used them. I used the tools to pray for your enemy, to pray for your enemy. Then I felt like I got released of it. Well, years later, I was preaching. I was speaking on this. And I was teaching, in the, and I would always teach on, like, the living in freedom. The funny thing is, the first, second sermon I gave in Bible school was on forgiveness. What do you think happened to me that week? That guy, that man came doing the craziest, craziest things to me the week I was preaching on forgiveness because the devil wanted everything in me to trigger in me to believe that I hadn't forgiven and what it did, and you know what, I, I, I absolutely believe I've had to go through years of forgiveness towards this dude, but I believe that in the journey of it, there was such a grace, and God was saying, you're good, you're good, you're good, but the enemy always wanted to tell me I wasn't, always wanted to trigger that I wasn't. But then when I thought I was good, <laughs> Jesus came back around, so then I was like teaching on it here, and you know, and, and um, I was on the phone with one of my girlfriends one day, I forget what she said to me. She said something about, about like, him or forgiveness, and I was like, yeah, I know, I've, I've forgiven him. And then she made a comment about him being in heaven, and, and I go, I go, no, he's, he's going to hell. And I was, like, I was like, he's not going to heaven, he's going to hell. The dude's going to hell. She was like, Sarah, I think maybe you need to pray a little bit more about forgiveness. Because I was like, that's just was my mind. I was like, no, he's going to hell. There's no hope for him. Like that was I like that was it. And that's when it was like, oh, maybe there's another little layer. <laughs> like years later, okay, maybe I need to pray a little bit more. And I think in abide, I almost called him a name too. And I was like, I watched that the other day. I was like, oh, does that mean I'm not forgiving him? No. I like this is like years and years of this stuff. I want to explain some to you. Some people think because you had one experience of forgiveness or somebody took you through one prayer, that you have dealt with something that could be so deep-rooted in your soul that to really get the layers of the layers of offense that happen when somebody does you wrong, that is something you got to pursue God for. you got to go after. Now, I honestly believe I am completely free and forgiven him, haven't I, Jesus? I feel like he said yes. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to get my answer right now. Like that many years, you are looking at 10 years I left the state to get away from him. 
I would say I walked into the full forgiveness and the letting go like a few years ago of it. I didn't have to really deal with it after I remember that one time that I had that conversation with my friend. And the next day, I actually prayed for his salvation. And that was the biggest deal because to me, I was like, no, he deserves hell. Like this man deserves hell. Like that is really, and to me, that's just justice. Hey, I'm just speaking justice. That person over there that murdered this person, they deserve hell, right? Like, hey, that mindset of the judgment that we'd like to place on, on the things that we see in scripture, that God is a God of justice. But how about God? Let God be the God of justice and you be the person of peace and love to be free in your soul. Because when we want to take on justice, when we want to take that on ourselves, when I wanted him so badly, I want to see something come back. I've wanted that when I felt wronged by somebody. Can there just be one thing that gets pulled out from under them? Just one little thing that's not going to work correctly because they've done this, this, and this wrong. When we take that on in your soul and in your heart, what do you do? This is how I'd like to put it. Whether we, and I believe in scripture, there are ways that we can see this. I believe in element. We literally take the role of God being our justifier. Like taking care of not that he's going to come in and, you know, just <laughs> send him to hell, whatever it is. That you would like the judgment on whatever you've been in in your life. But that you would be at peace. That you would be at peace. That you wouldn't have to carry and hold on to the, other, the things that people do to you. The things that you've been hurt by. All it does, man, it will pr- imprison you. Ever heard that where they say, um... They, some, what is it? Forgiveness is like taking poison and hoping the other person dies. Unforgiveness. Like that is literally what it is. It's like you think that if you hold on, you can't let go of it. That that's actually how they're, they're, they, there's a justification in that. But what happens that even when you know all the tools, yet you can't get free? Now there are things that I'm just going to hit these and I'm not going to give an explanation to you, but this is to trigger you and get you thinking. There's reasons that sometimes you can't get free of offense. There's soul ties. So there's an element in the spirit where you've made almost a covenant agreement in the heart with a person and you have not cut it. And because you haven't been cut from it, unforgiveness keeps it there and there will be manipulation, abuse, and things that are, can be used. So there are people that will have like relationships, exes, um, uh, whether it could be ex-husband, ex-wife, it could be um, a family member. And because they've created a soul tie, an unhealthy emotional soul tie with that person, no matter, I'm not talking about just sex. I'm talking about like your, your parent, like your friend. I've had unhealthy soul ties with girlfriends, just friends of mine. And because I didn't break that soul tie in the spirit, I didn't break what was there. There was so much offense and unforgiveness that spirits of manipulation and control and all this stuff can navigate. And that's where you'll get in relationships, crazy chaos and things that you get emotional controlled by, meaning that you could end up getting a email, a text message, a contact from somebody that for some reason, when any time this person contacts you, there's a trigger in you, a fear, there's a trigger in you that can come from emotional abuse, can come from these, and that comes up in you. And you can't figure out what it is. You can't figure out why you then respond, or they can have a type of control over you. I'm telling you, there's so much stuff in the spirit realm that people don't understand. There's so many things that come to the emotions, the mind, the will, and your emotions, your thought process that align with things that are not of God, that are of death, that are not of truth. And in that, the, the, the enemy plays. They, they play. And so when you come into unforgiveness, you are breaking a spiritual law. You just are. It's a removal of Jesus Christ. Like it's a removal of the, 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 uh, the removal of accepting the forgiveness of Jesus on the Christ. When you fully actually accept it in every area of your life, when you accept it and receive it, what happens? You cannot but live out of it. 
So when we live out of offense, that area has not fully received and living in, unfor- in, in forgiveness from Jesus. And then what happens? The removal of Jesus in that area, there's death that comes in. The soul can get off. And then you can have really dysfunctional things that happen in, in relationships. Now, that would be in forgiving people. Another area that this is going to get so rooted in when it comes to people and forgiveness is unforgiveness towards yourself. So where like fear of rejection, self-hatred, all those things get so tripped up in the, in the soul, like in your heart and in your mind, that when you have unforgiveness and offense towards yourself, you have let yourself down, that you got shame, you got these things, you got this anger, um, you feel responsible that you decisions that you've made, man, you are living in the outcome. When you haven't dealt with that in yourself, uh, that is a massive open door to all of it. You can be navigating in all the other things that I just said that get rooted in the exact same thing of not being able that where you have unforgiveness towards yourself. Now, when people don't look at all three of these elements, you can't get fully delivered of unforgiveness. You can't. You will get like free in this area, and you get might get some free freedom in your mind over here with that forgiveness and offense towards that person that hurts you or just abuse. And another thing I want to bring up is stuff that happens to people in childhood. Just because it's been under the rug, put aside, doesn't mean you don't carry all three of those offenses towards it. Here's my example with my mom committing suicide. I lived my whole life believing that I never was offended by it, never hurt by her, never angry at her because I knew she was sick. So my entire life, I would always said to anybody, it was never her fault. She was mentally ill. I didn't know until years and years and years later that there was actually total anger, unforgiveness, self-hatred that got rooted, all these things that took place in that. But because it felt swept under the rug, reasonably and rationally, I knew she didn't do it on purpose to me. Reasonably. But what goes down underneath what's reasonable? There's other heart issues besides what's in the mind, the subconscious. There's things that is remembered down there that's not remembered here. Example, like when my sister died, she died at 6 o'clock, and I never knew the time that she died. Like, I didn't remember it. Years later, I remember being in the, in the hair salon on Halloween, and at 6 p.m., something goes through my entire body, soul, and I just start bawling my eyes out. No idea. Coming to find out later, my dad's like, that's when we took her off life support. I wasn't at the hospital. I actually left the hospital and went home. I said goodbye to her. They took her off separately in the room. And there was something in my subconscious and soul that knew that day that she died. I don't remember years later, and I get hit with it. What does that mean? There are things beyond what you see. There are things going on in your heart beyond what you see day to day. And what happens is that we think that because what we see, what we experience, what we know, what, we ra- what we're rational about means what we understand and know. Not only is there other things that are down in the soul, there's things in the spirit. So we have things that are blinding us in both ways, but because of a rational mind, so those mindsets that just believe the here and the now, the black and white, when we don't go deeper into dig into these things, this stuff will not get uprooted. When we don't identify the way that we take scripture and how we box God in and see these things, it doesn't get dealt with. So there's things that can happen, be in you from different times in your life, and the Holy Spirit through his power will, will bring it up, will free you, and I believe God has just used this ministry and my story to, in the spirit, I believe there's anointing, like especially on this curriculum, well, all of them, that 
it, 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 there's almost like a supernatural sovereign thing that God will do in somebody. And it's like an instant, just it comes up and it goes. And sometimes when you get a message like this, and um, especially where I go with things, it triggers major vulnerability and it triggers memories. And so what it needs to do is when that stuff comes up and when those things, the Holy Spirit ministers, you take it to him. You take it to him and you get free of it because he will bring you freedom when that stuff comes up. And having all these areas of forgiveness like out of you is like it, you're going to wake up like, brand new like you just will feel different but it doesn't happen overnight you got to go after it and you have to go after these different things and I know that man addressing it every day especially especially when it's offense towards people so I'm gonna close down what the small group looks like so when you're taking this again when you're doing this video in this small group at home you're gonna go straight into the small group and straight dealing with the unforgiveness so this is not we uh, taking home um, homework during the week like all the other weeks were the fear of rejection you go straight into the small group and deal with the fear of rejection stuff and then you're going to um, on the unforgiveness you're just gonna have your small group deal with any of these areas you're gonna have them um, take like 10 minutes off to the side and ask the Holy Spirit if there's any unforgiveness that they're dealing with any of the topics that I just talked about and then you're going to um, take people through that confession in the small group and releasing the unforgiveness and then praying over them so I'm just going to close in prayer for everybody who's watching it and people in this room. Father, we just thank you, God, for your spirit. God, I ask, Lord, that there's just there's an anointing on bringing up any unforgiveness in people's hearts, God, the way that they see things, the way that they feel things, the way that they've seen you themselves or other people, Father. I pray that there would just be a sovereign deliverance on people that would watch this and that would sit in this, God, that you would just uproot the darkness and the seeds of the enemy, God, that would be causing a fence and a wall towards you, Father, a wall in hearing your voice and knowing you, Father, and experiencing more freedom, God, in you, Lord. We just, we acknowledge Jesus Christ in this room. God, we thank you for him purchasing our souls and our heart, God. And we just receive that um, forgiveness today. We receive his forgiveness, Father. And so, God, we just, um, we thank you for his sacrifice, Lord, that all unforgiveness, God, can be uprooted and taken out, God, when we just receive what he did on the cross, Lord. I pray that there would be revelation in that, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.